You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers come from behind in the second half to defeat the Ohio State Buckeyes by a final score of 76-73. to Once down 18 points at the first within the first minute of the second half, a, a team effort, well, maybe a Galloway and a Leal effort uh, in the second half. So this game had everything uh, – that you didn't want to see early and then a lot of gutsy performances and offensive efficiency in the second half that made you smile. And we get to talk about a victory, which is much needed, a road victory, a for right now, a quad one victory for your Hoosiers. Uh, so let's go. Uh, I'm your host, the coach, Brian Tonsoni here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we're going to break it down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And the banner moment came in the second half when Indiana got back into the game. They got down 18 with uh, 18.54 left to go in the second half. The body language was down, the bench, everything looked like this was just going to be another one of those efforts and games that we all would discuss of what's going wrong with Indiana, and they just stayed with it, and they stayed with it. The lead got down to 12. The lead got down to 11, got down to 10. Eventually, that 10-0 run got Indiana back to within a two at the 4.55 mark, and Galloway takes a big charge um, after a made basket as Thornton was pushing off uh, to try to get the inbound pass, and from there on, it was a dogfight to the end. At that point, it was uh, 67 to 66. Uh, Galloway then hits a hits a three, and back and forth, back and forth. Indiana had a two point lead. That goes away to a two point deficit at 73 71, uh, and then Leal, the banner moment. Leal steps up, hits a game winning three, as it turns out. But his most important play, and we'll talk about this later, is he followed up the rebound at 2.9 seconds. Uh, didn't watch it, followed up when Ware was injured on the drive, missed the layup, got the offensive rebound, got fouled, and put two free throws down. So the banner moment was that 10-0 run, but also the big plays at the end by Galloway, individual plays by Galloway and Leal, and pulling out a much-needed win for the Indiana Hoosiers. Our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their seventh season sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their third is a presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. Since IU is their flagship school, you know more high-quality gear with unique IU logos from the past is always right around the corner. But it's not just IU. Homefield's product line extends to well over 150 colleges and universities, plus the Colts, their core collection, and much more. And look for new IU gear to be coming out soon. I think some of us here, if not all of us, have seen a sneak peek. You're going to like the new items. So look for that in social media and at Homefield coming up at the end of this week. No matter what you buy, you know it will be comfortable and the colors will last. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly and isn't shy about showing its love for the Hoosiers 
go to homefieldapparel.com, use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, that website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Andy Bottoms, halftime. <laughs> Wondering what the, the storyline would be in tonight's postgame show. Totally uh, different turnaround and a happy night for us to talk about a winning basketball game. Your thoughts on this game as Indiana defeats Ohio State tonight. In an ideal world, this team would have uh, not played quite so badly in the first half and so that it wouldn't have needed a miraculous comeback. But, uh, you know, credit to these guys. It, like, like Coach said, they get down 18 at the beginning of the second half. IU had uh, didn't score on their first two possessions of the second half, but from there scored on 23 of the final 29 possessions of the half in total for the second half, doubled their points per possession from the first half, was 0.76 in the first half, 1.52 in the second half. With All that with uh, not a ton of threes, although a few timely ones from Galloway and obviously the last one from Leal, um, but really offensively adjusted, got Galloway in some pick-and-roll situations and really carved up Ohio State um, between the zoom action and 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 some of those plays. I, I just – solid adjustments – you will all wonder where was this in the first half when you're playing weird lineups and guys are standing around and nothing is working. Um, but I think probably after uh, some of these recent games tonight is more of a night to focus on the positive and figure out uh, how this team came down the stretch and made plays. And really that was uh, Leo will get the accolades for the final shot as he well should. Uh, but man, Trey Galloway and Malik Renew just put the team on their back in the second half. They combined for 35 points. After halftime, Galloway with 19, Renew with 16. And Renew had that outburst at the, at the beginning of the half that got him a technical, um, just in case there weren't enough regular fouls in this game. They needed to throw that one in there. Um, but, you know, he started that scoring, had that dunk in transition. And, uh, you know, we've talked over the course of the year, he's really been one of the emotional leaders of the team, and he managed to keep it together uh, long enough to stay in the game and, and really was dominant inside in the second half, but Galloway was the guy pulling all the strings and making it all work. Um, just incredible fight by him uh, and, uh, and and a, a great performance. And so super happy for these guys to get a win from one that was, uh, you know, we're all staring into the abyss at halftime, waiting for the worst to happen. Uh, the worst seemed to start happening at the beginning of the half, and uh, somehow this team righted the ship and uh, managed to pick up a road win. So uh, impressive and and as in, uh, as someone who lives in Ohio, always good to beat Ohio State at anything. All right, Ryan, time for your rant. Yeah, I'm just going to say something real quick. Um, Anthony Lowe should start at Purdue. Um, he's earned it. I, I'm sorry. I know it's one big shot at the end, and, and his play since the Iowa game has been a little uneven. Uh, I love Gabe Cups. He's the future of the program. Anthony Lowe has earned the right to start in that Indiana rivalry game. Um, I thought he should have started the Penn State game after his big game against Iowa. Give the kid a chance. Uh, he plays with intensity. He's not always the smartest. You know, he doesn't always make the smartest moves. He's limited. Put him in for three minutes and then replace him. But I think with what he's done for Indiana, essentially earning two of their wins in the last couple of weeks, um, he deserves a chance to start. And he's never, I don't believe he's ever started in his career. Let him start at Purdue. There's a very there's a very small chance you're going to win that game at Purdue. Let the kid get his name announced. 
in that rivalry game. I think he's earned it. And that shot was enormous because if he misses that, that entire comeback is for nothing, is for absolutely nothing. And we're sitting here talking about staring down the the barrel of this program is an absolute dumpster fire. Because I'll tell you what, Ohio State is a dumpster fire right now. Chris Holtman's having to answer questions about his job because Ohio State is terrible and looks awful. So while I'm glad Indiana won this game and won it on the road, it's one you kind of had to have. Uh, if you're going to pick off a road game, this is the one to have in conference um, along with Michigan. This is the two you have to get. And they got Michigan already. They had to get this one. But Anthony Leal hitting that shot wasn't just big for this game. It was huge for the program. And I think he has deserved the right or he has earned the right as a senior to start in that game. And I will bang this drum all week. The kid has earned it. He sat on the bench. He's been a great teammate. And then he's come in when you've needed him. And he has come through for you in two, two wins that you absolutely had to have. Um, so that that's my my take on tonight's game. I think, you know, Trey Gallo, we'll talk about Trey Galloway and Malik Renew. And you guys mentioned them and they deserve tons of accolades for that. But Anthony Leal stepped up in a, a position he has not been in in his college career very very often. It on the court late in a key situation and just calmly knocked down a three. And Indiana doesn't have anybody else hitting shots in the clutch. Indiana doesn't have anybody else who's gutsy enough to take those shots on a typical occasion to take a three-pointer at least in that situation. He nailed it. I think he's earned it. And he, his numbers across the board were excellent tonight, particularly in the second half. Give him a chance, Mike. I, that's what I would say. All right. Very good. Uh, what um, what changed uh, in the second half? What what was uh, one or two things that, that we can pinpoint – that really turned this 18-point uh, disaster uh, into a win. Uh, Andy, we'll, we'll go to you, and then guys just freelance and, and take it wherever you want. But but what was the difference? Um, I guess we'll start on the defensive end. I, I thought the, the effort and the intensity defensively was much better. Uh, I, I thought – and this is a team and a program really for the last – I don't know how many years that they – get their energy defensively by how things are going on the offensive end. And when things looked ugly and stagnant for the good chunk of the first half, the defense really suffered as a result. We can argue that it shouldn't be that way, but that to me has been a hallmark of this program under Archie and at times under Woodson. Uh, and so for whatever reason, they came out, started to have a little bit of success, really fought through. Uh, I, I thought Mbako, while – had some breakdowns. I thought he did a pretty good job overall chasing battle around when he came back in the game uh, and and played most of the second half. He didn't score much, if, if at all, in the second half, maybe just a couple of free throws. Um, but I thought he did some decent things defensively. But I thought they just challenged and got into guys. I think Leal was, uh, was among those. I thought Galloway was among those who really didn't give up the same straight-line drives that IU gave up in the first half. They let guys drive him, but they got him pushed under the basket and then uh, you know, forced him to try to, to make a play from there. So I thought that was an important starting point. And then offensively, uh, a lot of those handoffs and, um, you know, pick and roll with, with Galloway. And he just, um, he was kind of picking them apart, end up with four assists in the second half on top of the points that he had. Uh, thought they did a good job of when Ohio State started switching. They could get some mismatches inside on Renew. And he did a better job of going quickly as opposed to taking those extra dribbles and having to try to, you know, start from further out where he was losing the ball at times in the first half. So that was 
you know, what I saw, but they ran a lot of that zoom action on the wing. Ohio state countered that a little bit. I, you would counter that again and run some different stuff off of it. And, um, but to, to me, it was Galloway who, uh, as I put in the chat for you guys, uh, Woodson on the post game radio, Don Fisher says Trey Galloway quote came through for Indiana in the second half, just a, just a mild understatement from coach Woodson there. Uh, but to me, Galloway was the, was the straw that stirred the drink in the second half. Yeah, I think absolutely. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. You're right. I mean, you look at Galloway's line just in the second half, played all 20 minutes, 19.7 of 10 shooting three of three from three hit both of his free throws. He's not a very good free throw shooter. Hit them both two offensive rebounds, two defensive rebounds, four assists, only one turnover. I mean, I like it was a perfect half of basketball. It really was. I thought against Penn State, he was really locked in in the first half, not putting a bunch of numbers together, but I thought he was really effort-wise, was really driving things. And then we saw at the end of that first half, everybody kind of fell apart in the second half. Okay, we won't talk about that game ever again. But, you know, you started, you did see some consistency from him in the beginning. I, I think, obviously, this is his best game of the year. I think Kansas game, you can look at the numbers and everything, but, but this, I mean, there was every reason to quit on this game. And I think, I think the defense helped. They started getting in a rhythm on offense. Malik Renew really drove the start of that, I think, uh, but just by bullying his way to some points. He got real angry after that that tech. Um, almost got ejected after arguing the uh, the travel call also, which it, it was a travel. Um, but then Galloway sort of locked in and got going. And, and he had some energy in the first half too, but it just didn't feel like anybody else was on the same page. I mean, the way they started this game, both teams, I thought, had the energy as if this was being played in a mausoleum and it just, it just nothing. Both teams completely flat. Ohio state got it going a little bit, made some plays, had a couple guys do some things and that's how they were able to extend that lead, but really no energy from anybody in the first half. And then the second half, I think renew got angry. Galloway really started pushing and that's what sort of turned things. And I think that Ohio state based on the way they've been this year, based on the way they played at Indiana that I've seen and, and other games have been in, if you start pressuring them, they will fall apart. And they did on both ends. And if you start pushing just the littlest bit, they struggle. And so Indiana did that and was the tougher team down the stretch, both mentally and physically. And I think that that was the complete difference in the game. I will add to, to you guys talking about defense, and I agree, I thought they just were – more uh, intense on the defensive end, which led to making Ohio State stagnant. They would try to drive, and they'd get inside, and then the ball would get thrown out and the nice closeouts. But I think it was transition. We've always talked about this team playing a little bit faster. Uh, The three that was Leal drove from the right side to the left elbow, knowing that Galloway was on the left side, open for a transition three and shoveled it back out is a great assist by Leal. But we don't see that kind of offense that often in transition. Uh, that make, that cut it to 68-58. It was a 10-point lead, and, and Galloway gets that transition. I think the next two baskets were early offensive baskets or fouls to take it down to five, and then there was a, a, a foul where there was only one Uh, free throw made so from going to 10 to four three transition plays and and when you when you struggle sometimes offensively I think that getting easy baskets before the defense can set up and then that's that's just a momentum uh killer those threes we've talked about it all all along I thought Galloway's three there at at 631 on that fast break really put game pressure 
on the Buckeyes. And like you said, Ryan, at that point, then they, they have lost leads. They have been losing yep. and it came back into their heads and Indiana just kept uh, the foot on, on, on the pedal uh, all, all, you know, second half from that point on. And we're able to, to pull out um, a, a victory. Let's yeah, um, I think, I think coach, to, just to go along with that, you know, some of those, I don't even, I don't even know if you would truly classify them as transition. I think it was just early offense and getting into something quicker. I mean, yeah. we all watched them against Penn state and part of that was Penn state's press just struggled to really get anything going. They got into what they wanted to do. And there was a crispness in terms of running stuff, driving the ball a little bit. And I think running that, zoom action out further on the wing opens up the lane a little bit more for things as they usually do that at the elbow they were doing a lot more by the three-point line and i think that gave a little bit better spacing and some different opportunities for uh for guys going to the basket so i thought there were i i think you're 100 right they got into stuff early had success doing that and then really stuck with it and well, then that did. built the intensity defensively as they started to you know have some success on offense get themselves back in the game then that just kind of snowballed on that end of the floor yeah, it was interesting stuff. I, I call that an overcut by the guard, then go screen Galloway. So there's a guard-on-guard guard screen pinned down to the corner into that zoom action and a roll. So it really – it's kind of like a roll-replace ball screen action, but that's something that was really run tonight that I thought was good, and they weren't covering the roll. Uh, Cups um, had one that was almost stolen, but it came back to Renew, and he either got fouled or scored. Galloway had a couple baskets off of it. Uh, Renew got a couple easy layups uh, off of it, and that really gave Indiana a confidence. And and the thing I liked uh, tonight was that they kept running it. And like when something works, you know, yeah, keep, don't stop, keep running it. And you know, I have been talking about Coach Woodson has good stuff in his playbook. He needs to have his thumb on the offense more instead of letting freelance basketball happen. And it seemed like tonight he was calling stuff there at that key stretch, either early offense or, or transition. I think that was outstanding. I want to talk about one more storyline before we go into our second segment. I thought it was one of uh, Indiana's better defensive rebounding uh, efforts uh, tonight. Uh, keeping Ohio State's second chance points, I think they only had – uh, uh, less than 10. Yes, seven. It's seven. Chance. And that was a problem, I think, in the win uh, against Ohio State where we gave up a boatload. And there were some really good rebounds by guards. And I think there were some really good blockouts. Uh, and I'll talk about one maybe in the meaningful moment. But, Ryan, your thoughts on the rebounding yeah. effort being a key to getting out and running for transition or, or early offense, you got to rebound the basketball. Well, in, in a shocking one, they doubled up Ohio State's second-chance points. Indiana had 14, and offensive rebounds, Indiana had 12, and Ohio State had 7. Um, overall rebounds, 36 to 30. I think a lot of it was just effort, and I think there was a lack of effort from Ohio State. Let's 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 put this both ways. I mean, while Indiana had an amazing comeback, Ohio State also collapsed, and you saw that in the second half. They really just struggled to get any energy up and down the court, and um, you know, that happens when you're having a bad season. It's hard to sort of rebound. We saw that from from Indiana against Penn State. Like once things start going bad, it's hard to, to summon that energy. And I think that Indiana just outworked them on the boards and they got in that run. They got on a roll where they just started attacking and that included attacking the boards in the second half. You know, Ohio State had seven defensive rebounds and Indiana had seven offensive rebounds. So, I mean, even about uh, and. and I just think that, you know, that was the story of the game really is it's, and it's not just the rebounding number. It's just the energy and effort number 
because that's what that is. That's all rebounding is, is technique, energy, and effort. That's it. And Indiana outworked Ohio State in the second half, plain and simple. And quite frankly, they would have beat Penn State if they did the same thing. They would have won some other games this year if they did the same thing. So uh, what we're hoping is what you saw in the second half builds to something. Let's build off of that energy, effort, focus, you know, having the stones to attack on offense, whether it's within in the paint or off a drive or kicking it to a guy who can make a three, like have that confidence. That's the thing this team has just lacked. It's it, They're just so timid on both ends when they really just need to have that energy and effort. And, and basically Malik Renew has had it all year. He, he just, he's, he's a bully down low. He's going to get his shots. He's going to force his way into the lane and do things. Everybody else needs to adopt that energy, which is just like, we're going to attack. We have, you have nothing to lose at this point of the season. So just attack, just, you know, attack a guy who's defend who you're defending, get into him and don't let him drive by you. Be forceful, be energetic, make life hell for him. And then on offense, go to the rim, you know, get the ball in the paint, cut off of it, get open, get yourself a, a, a look and shoot your three confidently. There is, again, just nothing to lose. If this team plays like this, it can win games and put itself in a good position. If it doesn't and they just roll over like they've done in some games and they do this up and down thing, what's the point of being there? Do what you did tonight. Show that energy, effort, and passion. I, I will add, do what you did for 40 minutes in the second half. You cannot play roller coaster basketball in the Big Ten on the road or at home against some of the teams that you got left on your schedule. This was an outstanding win, outstanding comeback, uh, handling adversity within the game. Absolutely. But, but the first half has to be better. That That's an honest statement. I, I think everyone w- will admit to it. At, at least we came back and, and can have a win. Andy, your thoughts on, on, on rebounding or anything else before we move uh, into our second segment? Uh, yeah, the rebounding was – I think I saw somebody post this. IU was minus 22 on the glass in the first game against Ohio State, plus six tonight. Uh, and and – uh, you know, plus five on offensive rebounds. I think, you know, those are just uh, for a team that struggles to score. We talk about this in terms of some of the transition and getting into things faster. Uh, a, a team that doesn't look very crisp offensively at times, like you've got to find ways to be able to do that. And, and Ryan mentioned, you know, Galloway had two offensive rebounds in the second half. They were both on his own missed floaters. Uh, yeah, the one was that right sweet up. Tip yeah, back. yeah. The one tipped back and, he, and the other one was one he got back as well and, and, and scored on. And so, you just I mean that that to me signifies the effort that we saw in the second half that we didn't see in the first half I think it was Jordan Cornette at halftime just absolutely skewering I use effort in the first half and rightfully so it was yep. it was terrible and you know I don't know how much that goes back to some of the sub pattern stuff we talked about I mean there were some just I I know that Ware ended up with four fouls and had the two fouls but man alive just could not do anything offensively with some of the lineups that were out there. And it's just really hard to watch. And, and they, you know, compounded that by not really having great effort at all. And, and there you have it. It just, like, like coach said, it's great to be able to come back from that. Uh, I think this team showed what it, what it can do at times. Again, take Ohio state for, for what it's worth, but, Man, just cannot cannot play with that little effort for a substantial period of time against good teams. Um, but you talk about some of those lineups. IU hardly subbed at all down the stretch. Um, and so, 
how, how do you find a happy medium there where you can't play guys as much as I use playing them in the second half? You can't do that for the whole game, but there's got to be some way they, they can figure out some balance to, to do this. I mean, they're just, they, I mean, they hardly subbed, like I said, hardly subbed at all uh, in the second half, quite honestly. Um, and so uh, really rode those guys down the stretch. They were getting tired, but managed to uh, manage to make it work. And, um, that was a concern for me on the last few possessions was would they have the the legs to finish it out because they had worked so hard to get in that comeback. And again, as you've said, as you guys have both said, you don't have to work that hard if you don't get down that much early and you might have some energy reserves. But they worked really hard to get back and you're just hoping that they had enough to finish it out. And they did. And credit to them, they did. Great defensive play, by the way, that we could probably fit in somewhere coming up at the end. You know, you score to take the lead on the three, and everyone's excited. You still had 24 seconds to play. And, boy, they really locked down and made it tough on Ohio State. Got a deflection and threw it up to what should have been a, a dunk. Maybe even where should have dribbled just to the corner and run out the clock when, when you're up one. Uh, but what an outstanding response within the game working so hard to come back and, and take that lead to not you know give up a layup foul I was worried about a foul at, at that point um yeah there were there were lots of those plays down the stretch where it, it felt like all of this is going to be for naught uh, as things would happen you you had um you know Leo gets fouled on the one rebound but he only makes one of the two free throws Renew passes up that open three and kind of dribbles into that that runner that was uh, ended up being a shot clock violation you miss the you miss the defensive rebound and then you end, it goes out of bounds. You end up fouling battle. There was so many of those times, even for as much as they had done to come back, plays down the stretch that seemed like near misses that they managed to uh, still overcome by by making a couple really key plays on the stretch. So something that it just seems strange for this team, you know, mentally just feels like they can really get out of sorts uh, at times for long stretches, but then in moments like that. They just shake it off, move on to the next play, and make a play. It's just really confounding as you step back and kind of look both within this game, within this season. Um, hard to hard to figure out this team uh, at this point. So, as someone once said, we're still learning this team at this point in the year. <laughs> just got to get them over the hump, Andy. <laughs> I tell you what, though, you got to manufacture your own luck. And I thought Indiana down the stretch manufactured their own luck with how hard they played. And then the question going forward is, can we find that for a majority of the games going forward? You're going to need it on the road here at Purdue and against some teams that, that do have NCAA at, you know, uh, goals ahead of them coming into to Assembly Hall. Okay, coming up on the Assembly Call, we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over the Ohio State Buckeyes on the road. We'll point out uh, today's meaningful moments you might have missed and then go inside the numbers that highlight the most important stats uh, from the game. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, this is AJ Moye. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. You're listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm the host, Coach Tonsoni, here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we're breaking down Indiana's victory over Ohio State. Uh, it's now time for the meaningful moment you might have missed. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. Probably a lot of meaningful moments uh, embedded in this awesome comeback I'm going to start off for, for one, and then I'll throw, throw it around. I thought we saw the best blockout of the year at the 11.52 when there were four guys with their asses on someone and the ball hit the ground, and even Robbie Hummel said, that looked like a blockout drill where you have to let the ball hit the ground before you can secure it. For a team that has an offensive rebound, and that's the kind of effort That'll get you stops or finish a defensive possession to get out and go in transition or early offense. I thought at 11.52, it was the best blockout of the year. Andy Ryan, any moments uh, or you want to comment on the blockout, but take it away. I did not, I did not write the, the time down, but I did write down ball hit the floor on a blockout. And then I yeah. think <laughs> after that, Leo really went and – pursued the ball once it hit the ground and got fouled uh as well in, in that stretch but yeah i'm sure any uh any red-blooded you know hoosier uh that, that grew up around basketball wiped a, a tear from their eye when the ball hit the floor on that block out that was uh that was amazing and, and really was you know impressive for what we had seen from this team so many times over the course of the year where guys are just waiting to kind of go after the ball waiting for the ball to fall to them uh, to really be able to do that in that stretch. And it really was emblematic of how much improvement they made versus the first game against Ohio State uh, from a rebounding perspective. Yeah, I mean, Any just that, that, I think that was just indicative of the game. And this is a team that has struggled to block out all season long. It's been insane to, you know, how deficient they are given their size, given their athletic ability, just a lack of fundamentals and blocking out. And to see that, it was like, oh, thank God. You know, it's just one of those moments, like you said, any a red-blooded person from the state of Indiana uh, had to love that. And I, one I got, from California as well. <laughs> I, got, I got one more, and, and this is uh, – I thought Ohio State did a nice job in late uh, game situations going to a 1-3-1, and late in the game they went to the 1-3-1, and then the second pass they matched up out of it, which really caused a shot clock violation by Indiana at the 109 
mark at the end. The score was 71-71. But they also did that at the end of the first half where they went to the 1-3-1, and Malik had to take a contested three, which wasn't what Indiana wanted to take. And, and here's a guy who's in deep, deep trouble at uh, Ohio State and Chris Holtman. But this is the type of coaching that is in the Big Ten. You have teams that are in the bottom half of the league doing uh, things that are effective, making adjustments, and they're not some of the top coaches in in the league. But I thought that was an interesting thing. And here's why that happens, in my opinion. Mike Woodson's really good coming out of timeouts. And both of those situations, uh, Chris Holtman changed the defense, and I think that's out of respect. I've heard a lot of coaches say that they don't want Mike Woodson drawing up out-of-bounds plays. Now, Coach Woodson has to counter that and say, if they go zone, we want to do this, or the player's basketball IQ has to be enough to break the play if there is another type of defense, and I don't think Indiana did that. So that's something they're going to have to watch and film and get better on. But I thought that was really, really good uh, strategy against Indiana because Indiana's usually pretty good at running some effective stuff coming out of a timeout. Yeah, I thought they – I had written down that play as well at the end of the half. And I thought there were a couple others like it uh, where, you know, CJ Gunn, I thought it was, it was somewhat early in that possession. There was time left, but the best shot that they were going to get, he had a chance to take in the corner, had a three dribbled out of it and they ended up getting nothing. And I thought there were other times in the game. And this is where some of the philosophy stuff and what IU wants to do kind of come home comes home to roost because you have guys who hesitate when they get wide open shots uh and so you had it in that scenario uh there was one I wrote down you know IU gets it down to two they have it inbounds where they throw it to where right around the elbow or the free throw line and he's wide open but kind of hesitates thinks about it then shoots misses the shot um there was the one late I mentioned a minute ago to where they kick it out to renew not the shot you draw up in that scenario, but there's three seconds left on the shot clock. You got to be able to put it up and be willing to shoot that. And so I still think for as successful as they were offensively, you still have those moments where guys hesitate when there are shots that other programs would shoot in a heartbeat. Yep. Uh, and, and it just, that's the part that remains frustrating. And I think you pass up good shots to, you know, none of those situations led to points at all. Two of them led to turnovers where you didn't, you know, where, where you didn't even get a shot. Um, and so I think that still continues to be an issue for as well as they played offensively. Um, I, I just, you know, you look at plays like that. And part of that, the one that you brought up coach was the defense inducing a bit of that, but it's also symptomatic of what we see from, from IU and and what they want to try to do on the offensive end and and what they're sometimes hesitant to do, even when shots are there. Yeah. Was that late to where play? I have it written down four forty five. where hesitant to shoot. Uh, Yeah, I, it was, it was fairly late. I'd wrote down more just what the situation was. I think it was right after Galloway had drawn the offensive foul uh, on Thornton and IU had that baseline out of bounds underneath um, when they came back out of the timeout. He caught it like at the elbow, right? Yeah. Took a dribble to his right thought about it then shot and and that's something for uh all of us fans to to watch watch the shots that others other teams uh would take or watch some other basketball every once in a while and just watch what shots they take and that's and i do think that's an area that indiana can still improve improve on i thought there were i agree andy several times where indiana uh uh, passed up uh shots Uh, ryan anything for you on uh 
No, you guys covered the ones I were going to talk about. I, 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 yeah, I, I think that the others were all pretty obvious because of uh, because of where the game was headed. How about how about Leo's offensive rebound where he got fouled at the two hundred five mark? I mean, he had a couple of huge offensive rebounds yep. down the stretch. Uh, two of them, two, two big ones. Two, he got two fouled of them. on both. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that we we need to. Um... Yeah, the the other one that I had was his other offensive rebound. I know you alluded to this earlier, mm-hmm. Coach, but. I mean, in that scenario, you kind of watch your teammate go down. There's lots of things happening. I don't know who it was that was able to get the ball knocked away from battle. I, I, it could have been, it could have actually been Leal, um, in all honesty, because I believe they had taken Mbako out in that scenario for defensive purposes. And so I think Leal may have Wait, been. Wait, are you the talking one. about on that? that uh, when last battle night? lost the ball and then they threw it ahead to, to that. I don't know who knocked the oh, ball away. Okay. I think it was Leal. Um, yeah, there, there's somebody was saying it was either Cups or Leal that deflected. Cups had it. his yeah. hand on it. Galloway, I think, was the one who threw it up. Okay. Yeah, I was trying maybe, to think he knocked it away on the initial. Maybe it was where I don't know. But anyway. Um, Galloway threw it up to. Yeah, so he throws it up, but Leal follows the play, sticks with it. You see where go down. He doesn't give up on the play and, and kind of taps the rebound to himself yeah. and then ends up getting fouled. So it would be an easy scenario to say, hey, I'm just going to let my teammate go score and whatever. But just you know, a really little thing. Uh, for him, that ends up being a difference in the in the game. Being able to step up, make those two free throws. Who knows? You got a you got a guy. It starts going the other way. Ohio State may take it because wears down. You got a scramble situation where they may get a better shot. So just a great hustle play and really sticking with it. Not not conceding that the basket was going to go in and uh, and being ready to make a play. Yeah, it's time now uh, to go into the numbers uh, brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334 or by visiting jacksonhewitt.com. We all had breakfast with Megan on Sunday morning after the meetup, uh, but call her if you have tax uh, needs. Okay. Uh, who wants to start with uh, with with stats? I haven't looked at them. Andy. Andy, do you want to do your uh, first half, second half offensive uh, uh, note? I mean, I did. Yeah, I gave it. The, I gave it off the top, but yeah, I mean, again, IU point seven six points per possession Awful. in the first half, one point five two in the second half. Uh, just staggering. Uh, yeah, just a, a crazy difference. And like I said, after those first two uh, possessions where IU didn't score, there were only six possessions the rest of the game that they didn't get at least a point on, which is uh, pretty wild uh, when you look at it that way. I think otherwise, as we we talked about the rebounding, I think that was a a big number and some of the second chance points. Uh, Ohio State did really excel in points off turnovers, although necessarily a lot of that was first half. Yeah, yeah, I was was that's my number was. Yeah, Um, my number was was first half turnovers for Indiana um, was eight. Second half was seven. And it looked the way it was going. They were going to have a massive turnover disadvantage, and they actually wound up with 11, and Ohio State wound up with 12. So they actually wound up beating them on the turnovers, uh, which, I mean, I if you had told me that at halftime, I would told you you were insane. Like, there is just the way the game was going. But, again, they locked in and didn't turn the ball over. All of these stats were just the, the, just the going through the motions first half. Uh, 16 points off of turnovers for Ohio State. They end up with only 22. You know the the points per possession, uh, the defense uh, was not non-existent in the first half, and then all of a sudden something just turned on. Um, you know whatever happened at halftime or the players led stuff. Um, 
But uh, yeah, that was interesting. Um, I mean, even eleven of fourteen from the free throw line in the second half. Um, that's the one I was yeah. going to point out. Yeah, yeah. Ten of missed, seventeen. Missed in the first. ten overall. Not uh, certainly not ideal, but uh, stepped up and and made him in the second half. Renew got to the line fifteen times, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, I think the game. You know, st- I think one of the key moments of the game that we didn't talk about was Akpara getting his fourth. Um, they, he really went after the post guys after that. I and mean, he was already, but it just became a lot easier for him to score after that and a lot easier to drive yes. after that. And I think that both of those, you know, that was a big moment. And Holtman had basically said he needs to play all 40 minutes. And in that, you know, with that development, he couldn't. He wound up playing 24 minutes on the night. Um, so, you know, his foul trouble was was a big deal. Um he got uh, that, one. Ryan, at fourteen twenty-one. I wrote that down. His he fourth got his fourth. Foul. Yeah. You know, Ware got his fourth at eleven seventeen, and Cups at nine forty. Um, and then, but I do think it took a little while for Indiana to really take advantage of yeah. Akpara being out. But they started the comeback at that point uh, shortly after. Yeah. That. And you mentioned the free throws, but I mean, even just the three point shooting for, they only took six in the second half. They took, they were one of seven in the first half, four or six. I, it's still not enough, but they hit four of six. And, and it just, it's such an indication of when people are making shots, this game is so much easier. And, and I realize the roster is what it is, but Indiana needs to spend, if it's in the transfer portal or whatever, spend as much money as you need to, to get shooters this off season, people who can knock down open shots. It changes your offense. It changes what you can do. And we've been banging this drum forever, but the wins it's obvious when they win, they make shots, they hit free throws, they do things like that. It just it makes the game so much easier. You don't have to slog your way through the paint every single possession to score. And, you know, uh, Galloway got hot. Now, he's such an up and down shooter. You don't know. He just got on fire and hit those three threes in the second half. And, and Leo got you one. But like if you can just have somebody hit two to four threes a game and you get two or three guys who can do that it changes the entire makeup of your roster and of the team. So that has to be, they have to forget going all in on post players as Indiana has done in the past, go all in on shooters and guards. You have to, because when those guys play well, you've already got the post guys. When those guys play well, it just balances your roster so much more and it makes winning so much easier. It's so much, you're so much more difficult to defend when you can do that. I I don't have a stat fellas maybe you can help me think about percentages or whatever but i'm not sure indiana threw the post uh, threw the ball straight into the post right away early and stood much in the second half i know they did it a few times which isn't bad but boy they ran that different kinds of uh, zoom action at the elbow and then as we talked earlier the wide zoom action coming and they got malik the ball on the move as opposed to uh, posting up. There was one time, Stagnant. I think, in the first half when he, he tried to go through three people and they just reached in and got a jump ball. Uh, the, the ball sticks. When Indiana doesn't play well, the ball sticks. When We've said it all along. When the ball moves and people moves and continuously going to that zoom action and then going to it down 73-71, and, and you had the two post players, which did clog the lane, and then Galloway comes in, but it took the help away and the help come off the corner and Leo was ready to shoot the ball. He caught with the with the idea, I'm going to shoot the basketball with confidence, and he knocked it down. I just think the spacing was better, and I think the movement of people was better in the second half. And I, I, I don't know that I'm going to go back and watch the second half, 
But I really don't think you know. Certainly not going to go back and watch the first half. So you might as well watch the second <laughs> half if you want. They dribble up and they give the the hand signal means we're going to go into the post. And even if it's just a straight post up or that little rub cut where they run a a, a wing off the post and throw it in and then they dive and stand, they 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 need to do that. But they don't need to do it a majority of the time. So I I don't have a statistical number how many times they used that zoom or other actions. But they ran some floppy. Uh, it just seemed like they they ran different stuff. Uh, at a higher percentage in the second half. Yeah, I, I would agree. Only other in looking at individual numbers, uh, Galloway, you know, led the team or didn't lead the team with twenty five points, but uh, you know, twenty five points on fifteen shots, six rebounds, which was tied for second on the team with Leal, led with four assists. Then you got Renew with the twenty six and fourteen double double. Uh, and then Leal, just a little bit of everything. Last six points of the game were the only six points he scored. Had six rebounds, two assists, two blocks, two steals in 26 minutes. Just so a little bit of everything. And and what's interesting about those two guys is one of the stats people were throwing out at halftime was the Ohio State backcourt was just murdering the IU backcourt from a, a scoring yeah. perspective. And that, I don't know what the final numbers ended up, but in the second half, you know, you had – uh, 19 from Galloway, six from Lille. So you get 25 in the second half after maybe you had seven in the first half, I want to say, uh, backcourt points. So, you know, that was a huge not getting contributions uh, from the backcourt was a big reason they dug the hole. But what they did get out of those guys in the second half was a huge reason that they came back and won. Last storyline before we uh, move into game balls, se segment three. And this is just not uh, necessarily about IU, but I want to talk to you guys it took a long time to play this game. A, there were a lot of fouls. Um, and, and do you think it was uh, too many fouls? And I'm not saying IU got, you know, homered or anything like that, but also the number of reviews. And I, I think the reviews were probably necessary actions. But, man, I'm a proponent of putting a time clock on the reviews and, and keeping the action going. I thought they were trying to freeze out Anthony Leal there at the end, trying to figure out whatever was happening. Yeah. I think the officiating – uh, was okay tonight, but man, I think it was mismanaged from a time and a flow perspective. Was I just being grumpy or, or, or not? I, I think it's just becoming all too typical for a lot of college basketball games that aren't just this one. I think it's a little bit like what you see with the NFL. They talked about this with the goaltending. They're basically instructed to call it a goaltend because that allows them to review it. It, that to me is like the equivalent of the NFL saying, well, if a guy picks up a, what I think was probably an incomplete pass and runs it back for a touchdown, I'm just going to let this play play out, and then I can go look at it, versus if I blow it dead, I can do whatever else. But, yeah, I do think there needs to be you know, a time limit on it. That that was really where I got to with the goaltending yeah. call at the end. It's well, like, look, if if you ain't changed your mind by now, there's not another angle yeah. that they have that you're going to change your mind on. So if I it think takes, that's true if it takes of more any than... review in any sport. You get this long. If you can't figure it out in that period of time, you go with what you did right. on, on the floor. Two changes to reviews, okay? 90 seconds, again, if it's not obvious. But I do think they should enter a review, not saying there needs to be overwhelming evidence to overturn it. I think they need to enter the review and be like, because once you're, if you're locked into that call and logically you're pretty sure you got it wrong, you're locked into that original call. You have to have overwhelming. I think that it should just be, what does it look like on replay? You know, and, and and they've talked about that with baseball, like bang bang plays and things like that. There are times where it's pretty obvious the guy is he's called out, he's safe, but it has to be so overwhelming. You know, the standard is so high. The guy, 
just look at the replay and decide what it is. You know, not forget that. Forget what was called on the floor. If it was, if the call on the floor was so great, you wouldn't be reviewing it anyway. You know, like it, it, it's you might be right, but like on Khalil Ware's uh, goaltend, that was a goal. I thought that was a goaltend. Forget the call on the floor, which was a goaltend. Just go in and look at it for a second. It's like okay, yeah, it looks like a goaltend. I think they should watch it at full speed once, and then I think they should look at all the replay angles because at full speed, sometimes things are a lot clearer than they are when you slow it down to like the you know the minutia of because you can just tell the rhythms of the game. You can see the ball because full speed wears. That, that looked like a goaltend. So you slow it down. You're kind of like, well, when does it start going down? When, you know, it, like, so I think you watch it the first time full speed. Then you watch all the replays and you make your decision. Forget what the call on the floor was. Because, again, if you were sure of your call on the floor, you wouldn't be doing this. Um, so those are the two things. And I think, yeah, 90 seconds, two minutes max uh, uh, is all you need. And if it takes that long. And I think and I think that crews for now should be dinged when they take too long on reviews. I think that should be part of their evaluation process. You take five minutes on a review that should go against you as much as a bad foul call should, uh, because you're just stalling the game and people don't want that. Even viewers don't want that. Players don't want that. I don't think anyone at any guy at IU would have sat there and said, I'll take a five minute timeout here over just calling that a goaltend, you know, or whatever. So, um, they had the momentum, and it kept getting stopped a little bit by those reviews. Yeah, I think the other thing, I mean, 44 fouls, though, th- this to me was not officiated in the same way that you see a lot of Big Ten games in, in terms of some of the contact that, that was called. Um, you know, there's a couple ones easy for me to just complain about, ones that are um, that IU didn't benefit from, but I will. Uh, there was one in the first half, I, I think it was, Gabe Cups gets switched onto battle in the post, battles just ramming into him over and over again like i view a lot of this stuff as then you need to tell me or the player what what should you have done differently i watched that play and i'm like what is gabe cup supposed to do just give ground and let the guy score what else is he supposed to do and hummel said the same thing and then there was one on anthony walker in the second half where he's sliding his feet on thornton who initiates the contact again what is he supposed to do he's playing defense with his chest he wasn't reaching with his hands all that stuff, and then, you know, the Sparks one, yeah, his elbow flies up and hits him. I get it on that, but call the foul quicker with the guy who's got his hands wrapped around him initially, but that that was less egregious. I mean, given how games have been called and they've done those reviews, that's fine, but like the Walker and the Cups one, please explain so- to me what this guy should have done differently, and then we can figure out how to cut fouls out of the game, but I have no idea what you would tell either of those guys that they did. Well, you guys, yeah, up I, some the, good the Cups one was the, the Cups yeah. one was egregious. It was I bad. mean, he just he was doing exactly what you're taught to do, and they called a foul on him. A couple things, real quick. I want to talk about Cups real quick. They were attacking Cups anytime he switched. They were going to uh, booty ball him into the post. I thought he fought really hard. I don't know if he was successful uh, all the time. He's just, but not, I thought he didn't. He there. didn't give in. You know, no. But they were really trying. They were really trying to get him in the post. Uh, anytime that he switched, they just dropped him in the post. Or if he was on the perimeter, they tried to, to – and I thought he battled uh, with, with whatever he could do uh, on that. He, I thought that did. foul call was bad. He's just not physically there yet. And then yeah. that's what you – I mean, you saw what he looked like in high school. He's gained some weight. He's actually stronger than he looks. But he's not there yet to battle with post guys in the Big Ten in the post. I mean, it's not his fault. That's just physically he's not that guy. And he's also built – he's also a slim – he has a very slim build – you know, it's not like he's one of these, not Jalen Huchifino who came in just 
wide and you know was basically a, a tank at point guard uh he'll get there but you're right coach it's just that he, he battled it's just there's going to be physical limitations to him for for a little bit as far as the reviews i have some wild ideas i think the officials should say no we're not reviewing if you had a clear-cut thing every player does this and then they go get a free timeout and so i don't know if there's just uh if you if you say as a official i wasn't sure i'm going to go review it that's fine but if you say no i'm clear and a team wants to review it then they only get a challenge or two i would like to maybe at least look into that because everything in the last two minutes is a every player and coach does this and then they get a timeout and the other thing is when you're reviewing, the teams one official stays out, and the teams have to stay at the free throw line. Coaches have to stay on the bench. There, there's no you can yeah, communicate no out loud there, out. but there's no no free timeout. You're out there if the players want to lead or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if you can get that into the game. Uh, but I also and the last thing is there are reviewable plays, but if official sees something that is not reviewable, but it's clear cut, they can f- make the change. So I think at it would have hurt us on the, or at like their that. discretion. So like the Sparks play, Sparks hit the guy in the face, then the guy fell into Sparks. So they had to give, they called the foul, but they can't change that. If you go back and say Sparks initiated no foul on the defense, the NBA has that challenge. I think that they can go yeah. back and change a foul. I think or on that one, like coach, that, right? they they called the hands on. He put two right. hands on Sparks before the swing, and that's what the that's why he they had to explain that the foul was before the swing, and that's why it stood. They can overturn that uh, on the foul. I believe they can. But the okay. foul was before. You could see it on the replay. As Sparks drove, the guy stuck his yeah. arms on him, and he swung his arm. And that's why they were explaining it to Holtman. They were saying his hands were on before, and yeah. then he swung. And so that, and that was the right call. But I get yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. Like, there are times where they've already called something, and they have if to If you see something back. different, you, can't, you yeah. can't say, well, that's, Make the change. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you have a couple like one, more things a on example. cups. One more thing. Uh, one yep. more thing before we get there. And there, there was the famous example of Texas Tech and Virginia in the championship game where there was a ball in the backcourt and they slowed it down and it clearly went off the Texas Tech guy's fingertips. But he was fouled by the Virginia guy to cause it to go off his fingertips. But they can't add a foul to right. that. So it just comes down to whose hand it was off. Therefore, it went to it went to Virginia. Virginia came down, scored in a tight game. But again, if you can actually change what you see, the guy fouled him, and that's why the ball went off his hands. Yep. Maybe you don't call the foul, but you can say the contact caused him to lose the ball. Therefore, we're going to say it's still Texas Tech ball, but we won't add a foul because we missed the foul, or just add the foul. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, you've got to be able to make if you're fixing stuff. You're if you're fixing yeah, some stuff and you it. see it, yeah, and it's it's clear, fix it. Yeah, and you have some other. Yeah, I think I think on the officiating, I feel like there would be times and, you know, earlier times when you would see some of that stuff where it was like, now you couldn't review it, so you can never do this now. But it was like, well, I didn't give you this foul call. You probably knocked the ball out of bounds, but I'm going to give you the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody kind of it was like an unwritten rule, silent handshake, like. Well, this will be fine. This all kind of nets out where you want it to. But um, yeah, a couple couple quick things on cups, coach, as, as you talked about that, I think he really tries to fight through those screens they weren't going under as much that burned him a lot in the Penn state game. He was really trying to stick with Thornton through those. I think probably a guy, maybe eventually he gets some of the calls on the, on the screener. Um, but he's not at his current, current status in the league, probably going to get those, but really fights hard. Um, 
getting put through the ringer on those. And there was a couple plays like right back to back early in the game. Um, just really good awareness. So it was one Galloway gets beat on a back cut right, right at the beginning. He's there to be able to knock the ball out of bounds on the ensuing out of bounds play. He kind of gets on the top side of battle in a really difficult spot where it seems like Ohio state's going to get a layup, but he's able to get in from behind to poke the ball away to somebody else. And so I think he's able to make some of those little plays. It's the physical plays that, that become a little bit more difficult. As you mentioned, and Ohio state's got a somewhat unique, um, set of of perimeter players who are a little bit bigger and you can do some of that uh, that to him and um but i thought he really tried to hold up well but i also think some of that physicality is what allowed leal to be successful when he was in the game once cups got in foul trouble because he could withstand that a little bit more and um they try to drive him a bit more but generally i thought he held up much better in the second half than he did in the first to that i agree all right coming up on the assembly call we hand out our game balls uh, our Hoosier Hustle Award, and ask uh, or discuss a lingering question or two. We also look ahead to Indiana's upcoming opponent uh, that's up here somewhere. Uh, that's all next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Thanks, Devontae. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms. We're breaking down Indiana's victory on the road over Ohio State by a score of 76-73. to It's now time for the game balls presented by our friends, uh, Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. Had a chance to have dinner with them on Saturday night. What a, a wonderful uh, two people. They are a wonderful couple. Uh, but as we enter uh, the colder months or in the colder months right now uh, and stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundations and through service pipes of homes. According to the EPA, Monroe County and other surrounding counties throughout Indiana are expected to have elevated levels of radon above the action level recommended for mitigation. Contact Bloom Environmental today 
and mention Assembly Call for a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. Learn more at bloomenviro.com. All right, time for game balls. Uh, we'll start with you, Ryan. Who gets your game ball this evening? Well, this is tough. It's a it's one of the tougher ones we've had this year, but I'm going to go with Trey Galloway with 25.6 rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Um, he was also plus 10, which led the team. I think those threes he hit are what decided it for me. He hit some huge, huge shots down the stretch, and also he found Anthony Leo in the corner for the three to to, to basically seal to win the game. Um, it's tough. You could give it to Malik Renew. Absolutely. I think that he was the driving force throughout, but I think Trey Galloway's second half, uh, I think Renew galvanized the team and I think Trey took it home. And, uh, I just, I think that those threes were the backbreaker, uh, in that comeback that really forced Ohio, that really got Ohio state shaken up because I don't think they expected Trey to make them and hell, I didn't expect Trey to make them. So, uh, great job, Trey, for proving me and, uh, the Ohio state university wrong. Uh, I, I got to give it to him. Andy, I'm going to go with Trey as well. I uh, there were a couple of those threes. I mean, he started running back down the court as soon as he shot. Yep. Um, which is which is always a good sign. Um, I don't not totally sure that's always a good sign with him, but that's generally a good sign for guys shooting the ball. Uh, but I thought, uh, you know, one of the big stretches there, he scored seven straight points at, at one point. I think when it was 18, I Renew had that dunk to get it to 16. Ohio State scored again on a on a goaltend, then then Trey scored seven in a row and nine of the next 11 points for IU to really get him rolling offensively, uh, had those couple putbacks where he was able to get his own miss and, and, and do that. And I just thought across the board, whether it be rebounding defensively, uh, you know, making passes, setting up uh, either Renew or Leo for that big shot, I thought, I thought he was the guy who really, uh, I, you know, Renew, I think you make the argument emotionally, in some ways, the technical and that dunk kind of getting everybody going. But I thought Gallery Galloway really picked it up from there and had the ball in his hand so much. And I, I think you got to go with him. I'm going to make it un- unanimous. I thought uh, Trey put Indiana Hoosiers on his back. Had an outstanding effort. Uh, was able and put in position by the coaching staff to do what he does best. Shot the ball confidently. And, and this was a game where, yeah, Renew had some stats. Uh, but I think the overall impact on everything, uh, Trey Galloway was uh, the game ball recipient that uh, I will select tonight. So that brings him to two uh, game balls on the year. Ware leads with eight, Malik seven, and Baco three, Galloway two, Caleb Banks, Cups, Walker, and Leo with one each. And now... Anthony Leo... Uh, I don't know why that's not coming through uh, the speakers. Um, let me fix something here real quick and see if that works. You guys hear it? We hear it. Hi, this is Anthony Leo, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. 
and tell them Anthony Leo sent you. Not only will Anthony Leo send you there, but he sent IU to the victory column tonight by his uh, big shots and, and play down the stretch. I'm giving him the Hoosier Hustle Award. Uh, Andy, what, what are you doing with the Hoosier Hustle Award? Yeah, pretty tough to freeze out Malik Renew from any uh, award with the 26-point, 14-rebound double-double. Led in both categories, uh, yeah. But I got to tell you, I mean, I thought the Leo Hustle plays um, down the stretch that we talked about with some of those offensive rebounds getting to the free-throw line and really thought after he, he struggled some defensively in the first half, really thought he did a good job of keeping drivers from uh, having free a free path to the lane um, and, and ultimately that, that play talked about before getting the rebound off the wear, uh, miss when I use up one there as, uh, a, a heck of a hustle play and, uh, worthy uh, of this certainly and throw in the, the made three to, to win it and, uh, hard, hard to go in a different direction. Yeah. 26 minutes, Leal, six points, uh, six rebounds, two offensive, and they were both huge. They were both huge offensive rebounds. So, uh, then he got two assists two blocks and two steals uh, led Indiana in both those categories tonight. So uh, I, I think that Anthony Leal, 20, yeah, as I said, 26 minutes plus three, uh, and he closed it out. And if you look at the second half box score, uh, he was he played 13 minutes of the second half and did most of his damage there. So I give it to Leal for closing it out, hitting that big three, but also it was the hustle plays. And this is supposed to award hustle, uh, reward hustle. I thought, Malik played incredibly hard. As you said, Andy, it's really hard to freeze him out in this. Uh, he certainly gave a game ball worthy effort, but Leal's hustle plays, you know, sealed the deal. Uh, and, and again, in the second half, one block and two steals uh, it, uh, of his total. So I, I've got to give it to him and uh, thought it was well-earned. So the guy who, uh, who did our ad read uh, gets the, gets the hustle award. And that's his first of the year. Uh, so welcome on the scoreboard, uh, Anthony Leal. Uh, just a great uh, – some key offensive rebounds, just some key moments for you tonight. Congratulations. Uh, Cups leads with four. Walker – or and Mbako also has four. Walker three. Gun three. Galloway three. Ware two. Sparks two. Xavier Johnson one. And now Anthony Leo one. Congratulations, Anthony. Uh, we'll get to the lingering questions. But, Ryan, your last call because you have to go uh, yeah. write an article. Your last call on this victory for your Indiana Hoosiers. Look, it was huge uh, to get this closeout. That second half was unbelievable. These kids played incredibly hard. They deserved to win uh, for their second half effort. Uh, I think that all caveats, and we'll talk about this on Thursday, for the fact that the first half effort was pretty terrible, and so that needs to improve. Uh, but moving forward, there aren't a whole lot of easy opportunities left on the schedule. This team is going to need to get better, and I don't know what they're playing for. I mean, they're so far off the bubble, uh, you know, it's not like, well, if you win these games and this and do that, you're getting in the tournament. Most people have given up on them for that. So there's a lot to play for as far as keeping your fan base's sanity, I would say. Uh, and, and that's very valuable. Trust me, as somebody who does this all the time, it, it's, it's a very valuable reward to give us. Um, but, you know, this team just needs to get better and continue to get better in that second half. That is what they're capable of playing like, regardless of the opponent. You play hard. You play with focus, you play with effort, and, and and you just execute what you're supposed to execute. This team can win games. Let's see it continue. They're playing at Purdue. Again, you have nothing to lose. Everybody expects you to drop that game by 20, 25 points. You have nothing to lose. Attack them. You know, Punch them in the mouth. See what happens. 
Uh, that's all. And also, again, I'll reiterate it. Anthony Leal's earned the right to start his state rivalry game. Um, he's a senior. He's worked his tail off. He's come up big for you several times. Gabe Cups will understand. Let Trey Galloway be your primary ball handler for the first three to five minutes. If it's not working, take him out. Put you know, take Leal out. Put Cups in to, to run the offense. Cups wasn't even supposed to be starting in this game anyway. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be too upset about having to sit for for Leal. Uh, give him the chance. He deserves it. He's earned. He's more than earned it. Let him play. Um, and so that those are my those are my two final thoughts. Is Indiana just play like you got nothing to lose because you don't, and then give Anthony Leal. You know, reward him for his play. He deserves it. All right, Ryan. I thanks, trust you guys. Uh, I trust you guys to wrap this up without me. I think you can get it done. We 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 will try. We will miss you tremendously, though. Maybe not. Same. It's going both ways. <laughs> All Bye, right, guys. It's time. It's we'll see you. Uh, time for a lingering question. And, and Andy, one, this was a good show. We're we're happy for the win. But I think the lingering question has to be this. Indiana has played those last two games, one at home, one on the road against teams that were beneath it in the uh, Big Ten standings. They played a decent half in the first half against Penn State and then a really bad second half, followed by a horrendous first half on the road against Ohio State. Then just a tremendous. The lingering question is, one, can this second half effort play against better opponents? And two, the consistency of this Indiana program has been up and down from half to half, within halves, from game to game. This is good. We're all happy we needed it, but we're still looking for consistency in play, and it's going to be needed. And if we can't get it, there are going to be a lot more t- uh, tougher shows down the road uh, than this enjoyable one. Your thoughts uh, on their inconsistent play, which we were able to overcome tonight. Yeah, it, it's really hard to I, – I guess in some ways it's kind of hard to fathom how poorly they played in the first half given the circumstances, just the hangover effect from the uh, Penn State game. I, I really don't know, nor can I really understand how things turned so quickly uh, at the beginning of the second half. And, and then you look, and this team hasn't won consecutive games since the end of December. So – perhaps it's it shouldn't be that surprising because the consistency really hasn't been there uh, a whole lot. Even in a number of the games early in the season when there were some of these closer games against inferior opponents, it was it took a comeback to do it after they dug a hole or kept the game too close early on and, and have really done that. So on some level, this is who this team has been and who they've proven themselves to be. I don't know that at this point you're – you know, 23 games into the season, how that can change in a meaningful way. Uh, I, I think we felt this way after the Iowa game. Maybe that's a springboard to something and come back and play that way against Penn State uh, for the better part of the game and, and to really struggle. So um, I think I probably am, am in a similar boat with most fans that uh, assuming that the second half of this game was some kind of massive turning point that we'll look back on is probably, uh, you know, a, a thought you'll keep at arm's length and try to figure out what happens. I, I just think from an effort standpoint, I mean, that was really what this game was. Um, if, if you are, if you have the the mental fortitude to go back and watch the first half again and, and then compare it to the second half, you know, the effort defensively was absolutely night and day, but I don't think that's something this team doesn't know. Um, I don't think that's something this coaching staff doesn't know. Uh, it, it's just, 
how you get this team motivated to be able to play that way for a longer period of time and and really to get to a point where they have some killer instinct. I think some of that goes to having to figure out how to run the substitution patterns over the course of the first half um, because you saw the second half how you really tightened things up, went with what was working, had guys on there who could space the floor. As you talked about, got into those actions sooner. How do you sustain that when you have to go to the bench in the first half and they have not figured that out when they were doing line changes? They haven't figured that out when they're picking and choosing guys. And I think that to me is the key to a little bit of consistency because the first, you know, the second media timeout, this game is tied 13 13. It was ugly, but you were in the game. And that was really when you started subbing a little bit more and couldn't get themselves out of it for the duration or for the rest of the first, the first half. I don't know. So maybe that's the key to doing it, but, but they've just not been able to figure out a way to effectively use a bench who has largely underperformed expectations. When you look at individual players and, and figure out how to get something from those guys. Is there anything lingering uh, in your mind uh, besides the, the consistency? Now, I think to me that that was the the biggest question coming out of this and is coming out of so many games is 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 this team able to sustain the good stretches of play? Uh, you're going to need that and then some uh, to to win at Purdue. And I think more than that, you you really look at the next few games after that. You got three or four at home in that stretch, but you're playing you know three of those games against tournament teams, uh, at least teams who are in the field right now in in Northwestern, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. And then you got a trip to Penn State uh, mixed in there as well, a team who really uh, took it to IU on Saturday. So an interesting stretch there. I don't know that uh, you know anybody's going to go into this Purdue game with a lot of expectations uh, other than hoping to see some of the fight that IU showed in the second half show up there. Uh, but far better teams than IU have gone in uh, to Mackey Arena this year and not won. Uh, so you know, I, I think it's kind of an odd game in that regard. You got Purdue who's coming off a week's worth of rest uh, heading into that game, and IU gets a week's worth of rest after that uh, before they play again. So uh, you know, I think it'll be just more mentality and, and effort level that I'll be looking for, uh, come the Purdue game on, on Saturday. And that, uh, game is Saturday, uh, eight o'clock, I believe, uh, we will be back on the air Thursday with an, uh, AC radio, uh, where we'll talk a little bit more uh, about, uh, that game. Uh, but you're listening to the assembly call IU post game show. Remember to check out our friends at home field apparel, use the promo code home two, three, at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. And Andy, it's now time uh, for last call. I'm going to just say a little something, then I'm going to throw it to you, and, and then we'll wrap it up. It's always good to win, and I, I'm really happy for, for the players and coaches to, to get a win. When, when things aren't going smoothly, it is a struggle uh, in any program at any level. When, when you're trying to do things and they're just not working and you have a devastating loss like Penn State, to go on the road and get a win – after being down 18, it takes a really solid effort, and, and the Indiana Hoosiers had a solid effort tonight. I think there are still questions going forward. I think it's fair. You know, it was Ohio State uh, and so forth, but for the next few days, sit back and enjoy it. It was a nice come-from-behind win by your Indiana Hoosiers, and we'll see what they can bring on Saturday. Andy, your last call. I, I would echo a lot of what you said. I mean, the way the first half went, the way the game went on Saturday, uh, even the way the first minute of the second half of this game went, 
I mean, a comeback seemed so improbable based on the way that this team had played, the effort that they'd shown, the attention to detail that they'd shown, and just the effectiveness on the offensive end um, really feels like it came out of left field to a certain extent. Uh, and so credit to to the guys who really led that charge. Uh, as I said before, I think Malik really emotionally was a guy who uh, was not checked out. I think there were guys who in the first half, we talked about this, it just seemed like the team was lost or just wasn't that intensity. And for him to come out in the second half, again, you don't want him to get the technical. It's It wasn't a, a, a planned thing by him by any stretch. But, you know, kudos to him for still caring uh, at that point. And I, I, I know probably feel bad saying everybody should care in that scenario. But this team didn't look like it cared in the first half for large stretches of time. And for him to get that upset early on, get that dunk, and then for Galloway to really pick it up from there um, and, and lead the team – making so many great plays offensively, uh, I give those guys a lot of credit because uh, I think everybody's expectation at that point was, you know, to pack it in and see what happens from there and and see where the season takes us. So uh, kudos to these guys for pulling it back from that. Who knows what it really means? Uh, like you, to me, this is a uh, an improbable win to enjoy based on how the first you know, 21 minutes of the game played out and some really effective offense and tough defense played down the stretch was um, the right recipe for this team to be able to come back from an 18 point deficit. So uh, there's lots of stuff to nitpick. Um, but uh, for now, I think we need to enjoy the wins as they come, particularly with this team and particularly with how they played uh, at times during the season. So uh, like you said, sit back, enjoy it. Lots of time to talk about the Purdue game. Lots of time to talk about what maybe didn't go right in the first half, but uh, an impressive comeback win uh, where they pulled us back from the brink. Well said. And that's going to uh, do it. Uh, if you want to see us do the live show uh, and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assembly call. And don't forget to go to substack.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. And special thanks to John Ringer, John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back again to talk IU hoops with you again on Tuesday. Until then, take it from me, Christian Wofford. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Catch me if you can, Coach T. All right. All right. Good stuff. Go get your bracket stuff done. Yeah, no kidding. Lots of lots of interesting results. Michigan State had uh and they're in a dogfight with Minnesota, one point game with three minutes left. So yep. go up and watch and that. A few other few other close ones. So yep. That's what I'm gonna do after I say hello to Mrs. T for a little bit. All right. Sounds so, good. Well we'll all right, everyone. Thanks. Try to make Great sense of this out. on Thursday and absolutely <laughs> go from there. <laughs> Great uh chat mob. Uh Dale, I got your email. I'm gonna get a hold of you. Uh someone asked about a quad one win. It is now until Ohio State drops out of seventy five. They were sixty eight going into the game. They may stay in the quad one. That was a, a yeah, quick question. It, yeah, with a with a with the the margin being what it was, I wouldn't imagine they would drop out. Yep. Yeah. So um <laughs> I still think there's a super way too long way to go <clears throat> for our Hoosiers, but I, I think you gotta take one step in front of the other before anything miraculous can happen. Um yeah. Uh, I will say, you mentioned Allie and James. Uh, I saw Galen yeah. in the Discord ask uh, Allie if she could pick up, I think they were at the game, asked if she could pick up all those, uh, some of those extra shirts uh, that were laying around that they had laid out for the crowd that were 
uh, most certainly not picked up given the uh, the light crowd uh, for a school that I'm not sure knows all that much that they have a basketball team. So uh, maybe she brought back shirts for everybody. Who's to say? We, we don't yeah, know. Things, things were not good, are not good over in Columbus um, right now. But um, no. we'll see. You hate Andy, to see take it. care. It's always good seeing you and Jen uh, over the weekend as well. With any everyone else who showed up over the weekend, thank you. Uh, we we have a, a really good time at those meetups. It, it's a lot of fun, and um, we'll see everyone soon. All right, sounds good. Talk to you Thursday. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.